This is Unfilter, episode 85 for February 12th. 2014. Let me just ask you, because you've been in the room when decisions are made on whether to strike somebody. You know, people have, have laughed at, at, at this point, but to me, it's very important. And that is, if you're going to have a conversation about whether it's okay to kill an American who happens to be overseas, who's plotting attacks against America, suppose that person was sitting in Des Moines or in Washington, D.C. All of a sudden, people go, oh, well, that would be ridiculous. We would never do it. Intellectually, it's the same person plotting the same thing. If we would kill them with a drone overseas, it would only be intellectually consistent to be willing to do it on American soil. My answer to that is why not? On this week's episode of Unfilter, two topics we've closely followed on the Unfilter show, drone assassinations and the NSA surveillance programs, have intersected this week. And we'll give you the details on how Obama uses the NSA metadata collection to kill people with drones. Now, as we record this episode, thanks to new leaks, we've learned the administration is preparing their case to kill another American citizen based on the cell phone in his pocket. Plus, the GCHQ gets caught playing with hackers. We'll take a look at Glenn Greenwald's new publication and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. to the masses. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this February 12th edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you should not be watching. My name is Chase Nunes, and joining me every week at this time is my good friend, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hello there, Mr. Chase. Good evening to you. It's a pleasure to be here tonight with you, sir. I'm really excited about the big show. we got a big show here lined up for you guys. we got a lot of great news stories, and one of the things we uh, want to bring to you is some late-breaking news about things that we have no idea (laughs) what we're talking about. All right, hand me another piece of paper, and let's go to commercial. Hold on, hold on. I I don't have that paper crumbling. Uh, It's been been at least 30 seconds since we've been on air. Isn't it time for a spot from our sponsor? Oh, that's right. Uh, This show uh, brought to you by this cool drink of water that is not not been tainted hey, by Chase, terrorists. I need to check the Comcast inbox. Ah, ah, Actually, ah. you know, I feel like if we keep doing this, I won't have a voice at all, because I have a little bit of a cold today, and it's one of those ones that only goes for my throat. But the only thing you need to realize, Chris, is I naturally speak this way. <laughs> I know. You just kind of change. You go. You slip out of the radio accent when, when you're doing a show. This is not an accent. Right. This is, this your, is, this right. is actually my real voice. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, Chris, you got to realize something. When See, I, what people don't know is Chase spent the day at Cairo Radio. Uh, and uh, That was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think it might have rubbed off on right, you Right, right at the bit. top of the hour, you know. Uh, we got to say something. Uh, Did you get to see him throw it to traffic? <laughs> actually, yes. <laughs> That's I, always, I've always wanted to do that. I, I, saw, I saw them throw it over the track. Actually, you know, the tech, the technical side of things that they, they have there. You know, you know Chris. Quite I, impressive. I normally talk this way. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, they have this Axia, uh, Axia Telus yeah, system. Tell me about it. It has 32 channels of, uh, pure, awesome technical. How many goodness. channels? 32. Oh, man. It was so silky smooth. It was so beautiful. It's one of those situations where. <laughs> okay. I wanted to lay. All right. some, I, I can't keep a straight face. I can't do a show where you're doing that voice the whole I time. I wanted to lay some smooth butter on that console. <laughs> 
Rub that in. Oh, God, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, yesterday, uh, I don't know if you noticed since you're at the you're at the radio station yeah. being Mr. Radio. Did you uh, did you see the did you see the web take part in the day we fight back campaign? You know, sadly, I had some tweets about it. Yeah. And I, I wanted to kind of. You know, be involved with it, but right. I, I just I was, was busy. I was busy. Well, uh, let's, I was trying to find a job. Uh, this is a quick clip. We'll recap for people who aren't from who are just maybe aren't up to date on the day we fought back. In the wake of Edward Snowden's revelations about the breadth and depth of America's surveillance infrastructure, ordinary citizens are banding together against government spying. Over 5,700 websites planned a day of action against the National Security Agency. Many turning their home pages into the home front in the battle for digital privacy. February 11th was declared the day we fight back. What do you think about this kind of stuff? You know, I mean, like, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's in one regard, it's one step above uh, avatar switching. So for this one, like, what about wearing a different color ribbon? What yeah, about that? I like, feel like it's one step above that. Like, because the websites that were yeah. involved allow you to put, like, they get, they made it easy for you to, like, write a letter to your Congress critter or make a phone call. Uh, and, you know, it would connect you to your phone number and let you leave them a voicemail. Yeah. So I like that. So, I, you know, the reason I, I decided to put the banner up on the Jupiter Broadcasting website, so I gave you, it so some you, So you actually did something. Yeah. And the reason why I did is because, you know, uh, we were successful with the SOPA blackout. Like, that actually worked. Like that got enough attention, yeah, but it but it only worked for that one time. Yeah, I know. Because you know, what, I know and I do worry about uh, activism fatigue. Like that that concerns me. Well, like for example, whatever happened to the uh, to the the what five percent or the two percent or right, whatever yeah. that movement? You don't see much happening with that, yeah. obviously. Well, they did a pretty good job of smashing, right? It. But yeah, right. You know, you know, I I I thought I hummed and hawed because like I don't want to be one of those people who's a who's an avatar changer, and I don't want to just do something that's a waste of time. But at the same time, I felt like. Well, sometimes there are certain things where noise is actually what you want to generate. And I just felt like that was decent. And Do you honestly think, though, honestly, that it did any good? It made me do it. No, I, it made you good. No, oh. I, 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 what I mean oh. is, do you think in the grand scope of things, you know, when you have grandma and grandpa sitting in Middletown America? Pretty soap of blackout, I would have said no. Yeah. But, you know, I really, you know, I think like some of the noise that was generated during that SOPA thing actually. You know, all they got to do is they, they just got to keep the, the is, thing what going. Is what is I this? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna bust out different uh, yeah. accents. All, all I don't know. Time. I didn't feel like it. Well, the one thing I was I just, I, they I, matched it with in real in in IRL uh, protests too. Which I know, but I, I part of me feels like if you really want to make a difference, while these movements are great and they kind of buzz a little bit, you need to. I don't know. It has to be something even bigger than this. Yeah, I mean, so they it say, say 5,300 websites and companies, including Reddit, Imager, Tumblr, and the Mozilla Electronic Frontier Foundation, and the American Civil Liberties Union have joined forces. But you're right. I think if you really want to make What a... you do... No, here's here's what you do. Oh, here, I got here, it. Here's the blueprint. Oh, you tell me, because I got my own solution. Well, I got a solution, let me, well, Let me hear you, it, Chase. You, what you got to do, you see, is you got to <laughs> you gotta use... <laughs> I should do this in radio, but... What you got to do, Chris? Oh, now I believe you. What you got to do is you got to fight back with <laughs> traditional media. What mm. you do is you pull all the donations and all the money together. Well, that's true. You pull all that money together. Yeah. All that money together, Chris. Yeah. And then what you do is you put it out there on a nightly news show where you take a two-minute spot, like usually a uh, pharmaceutical company. We'll go ahead and you know do they'll like call it Electra or something like yeah, that, and yeah. then they help you with male pattern baldness. But what you do is you buy a spot on the news, and that's how you make a difference. Show me the money. Yeah. Yeah.
I, I, I could see that. I wonder if like someday we'll have like a Kickstarter equivalent to like, um, uh, lobbying. Like people in the, on the internet can kickstart a fund to get a lobbyist. Don't in tell the... people that. That's how I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's another way you could, you can try to affect change. Yeah. Sue some people. Right now, President Obama is facing a new well, lawsuit over the NSA surveillance program. Among those suing the president of the United States, the Republican senator, Rand Paul, our senior Washington correspondent, Joe Johns, is here. To, uh, and you went to law school, so you, you've gone through these <laughs> right. documents. What, what's going on here? Well, uh, they're saying that this is a violation of the Fourth Amendment, the metadata program that the it United is. States uh, National Security Agency has, has been running for some time. Uh, senator Rand Paul and Matt Kibbe of FreedomWorks calling this the largest class action suit of its kind ever on behalf of users, subscribers, customers of phone service in the U.S. since 2006, suing President Obama, the director of national intelligence, the director of the National Security Agency, and the FBI director. It's a lawsuit calling on the federal courts to put an end to the federal government's metadata collection and to require purging of the records that now exist. Senator Paul talked about the lawsuit at a news conference uh, over the last two or three hours at U.S. District Court here in Washington. All right, what's your sense so far, Chase? What are you, how are you feeling so far? You know, well, so far, while it sounds promising and sounds, you know, pretty good, I'm inclined to agree with uh, Thrifty Spend in our chat room saying that this is just a stunt because an election is coming up. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. However, if you're going to do a stunt, this is sure the kind of stunt I like. It's a lot better than the stunts Hillary does. And yeah, but like who's that making so the money here? The lawyers are making the money. Yeah. yeah I mean, come on. Right. How's it? This, it? These kind of things, well, I understand. You hope you, you, you want to believe they're for the, for the good, but you know right. they're really more for the politics of it. Right, because here's what's right. going to happen. They're going to, you know, it's going to go to some circuit court of appeal, and they're like, well, you can't sue the president of the United well, States. Well, I don't know. Hear the words from the man himself, and then we'll talk. Right, we think enough. it may well be the largest class action lawsuit ever filed on behalf of the Bill of Rights. We've had 386,026 people show an interest in having their records protected. We believe that this lawsuit could conceivably represent hundreds of millions of people who have phone lines in this country or cell phones. We think this is an important first step. We don't do this out of disrespect to anyone. We do this out of respect to the Constitution and out of the belief that these decisions cannot be made in secret by a secret court, but they need to be made in open by the Supreme Court. So, um, but here's the thing. Here's the one problem with this whole situation. All right, lay it on me. If he didn't have an R at the end of his name, yeah, then I think they would have lended a little bit more credibility. Hmm. Because it gets more political when you have somebody from the opposing political true, party true. trying to form a lawsuit. True. If he got, say, I, I got one that will really make you laugh. Let's say he got Feinstein to uh, to jump on this lawsuit against the president. You know, maybe that would lend some credibility. <laughs> I see, 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 see. Here you go. So, uh, but that wouldn't that would that offer credibility though? Because then it would be like, well, this is not political anymore. This is about our constitution. This is about our bill of rights. No, no. If Feinstein jumped on it. I'd be. I'd be, be absolutely afraid? convinced it's it's ah. not what it's supposed to be. So who 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 would it take? Because um, Rand Paul doesn't work. For like me. if Bernie Sanders jumped okay, in there, right. like because he's on the pretty the pretty far side of the other spectrum of yeah. Rand Paul. If somebody like Bernie Sanders or Franken jumped in there, yeah, uh, I Al might. Franken. Well, you know, at first he was you know kind of pro-ish yeah. consumerish, and now he said they've 
they've kind of thrown onto him. So you you know your role. Yeah, you yeah. shut up. So the Verge doesn't think this thing has a has a snowball's yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. They say uh, damages and, and injury from NSA data gathering have been hard to establish, even on individual basis. Several groups have brought lawsuits against the administration by saying particular individual. Uh, or organizations or persons had suffered because of the surveillance. But even for Verizon customers who have leaked court orders to back them up, there is no definitive way for, uh, for the uh, for the NSA to uh, to actually determine whether the NSA collected metadata from them, and the claim is too hypothetical for many judges. If Paul wants to go forward with the suit, this is from The Verge, he'll need to calculate and prove similar damages for every single member of his class. Now, if it's every single member of the U.S., that's pretty that's pretty tough. That line from The Verge is being reported on CNN and a lot of people. However, the judge has a much more positive take on it. Oh, But in that like circumstance, when you're representing so many, do you have to give examples for each and every person that you're representing and how they have been harmed? Very good question. No. The court will allow what's called a bellwether, a, a fancy legal phrase for we'll take one or two people as examples and we'll assume that the injury that those one or two suffered are common among uh, the class. That's what happens in a class action case, say in a consumer product situation. Somebody's harmed by a consumer product, and they sue in behalf of all consumers who've used the product, even though the level of harm is different. Here, the level of harm is essentially the same, and here the NSA essentially admits what it's been doing. It's been gathering this evidence about all Americans on the basis of single, what we call general warrants, not warrants that identify the specific target. Senator Paul and his fellow plaintiffs are merely asking a federal court to decide if that's lawful and if it's not to make them stop so i just like to know how can they even fathom to decide that it's lawful when you look at the black and white text of the constitution i know right well i if somebody can explain that to me a Mm -hmm. constitutional scholar and say hey chase well here's how they can do this it's pretty black and white. You know, we've it's talked pretty black. We've and talked white. a lot about how it it violates the se- the search and seizure aspect, but yeah. one of the things we haven't spent much time talking about, and I guess there's a lawsuit that's beginning to work its way through the system about this, is people are also proposing that it infringes on the right to assembly because part of the right to assembly is uh, not monitoring that assembly. Oh, that's true. And not knowing who assembled, where everybody went, where everybody, what they all, who they've been communicating with, what oh, times that, they all went. Is, to it, that is that like the two degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of a situation? Well, I I guess what they're what they're they're trying to what they're trying to propose is that the act of being able to determine when people assembled violates the right to assemble. Uh. And if they can get away with that, that's so then you'll have the first amendment amendment arguments, you'll have the right to search are uh, the uh, these you know not being uh, unduly searched and you'll also have the right to assemble arguments that is infringing. Uh, the the problem here if we've seen the constitution being bent and bent and bent for so oh, yeah. many years. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, boy, you wait till we get into the second half of the show. It's all about constitution bending. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and then the problem is, you got a lot of people out there who just kind of don't really care, and they just kind of let it sit, and they just don't defend it, and they just let it sink in. And I I, I throw it back to the the frog and the boiling pot of hot water syndrome, where yeah. You know, people are not realizing that the liberties and freedoms that they have are are slowly slipping. So last week, we talked a little bit about how the GCHQ was going after groups like Lulsac and Anonymous and and doing like reverse hackers. by the way, is the equivalent in the UK of the NSA. For the NSA. Uh, So here's a little more now that this is getting some coverage. 
This clip itself isn't, doesn't reveal anything too interesting, but pay close attention to the words being used because these words are being taken words from the leaked documents. Matter. Words matter. And they really matter in this clip. And we're just learning that British intelligence has a hacker division that's been using questionable practices for seeking out enemies of the state. That's all according to new documents released by former government contractor Edward Snowden. The documents, which were obtained by NBC News, show that Britain's spy agency, or the GCHQ, has been fighting hacktivist groups like Anonymous and Lulsec with cyber attacks and malware. In another NSA document obtained by NBC, it was also revealed that the hacking unit's activities, activities are not just limited to computer network protection, but that the unit has used cyber tools to engage in computer and phone jamming, breach email accounts, and conduct false flag operations. Now, um, I think maybe I need to hear that last part just one more time. Conduct false flag operations. <laughs> what does what? I'm sorry. What? Conduct false flag operations. What does that mean? So conduct operations that are just fake. False flag to me is when there's an attack and the government's behind it and you blame it on somebody else. Now, in the oh, cyber context, so 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 conducting, like people say, like you know, uh, Pearl Harbor was a was a. Uh, uh, a false flag, or 9-11 was a false flag, or whatever, right? Or, right, yeah. Or the Syria chemicals thing, false yeah, flag. Yeah, it was all built up by them, right. In the cyber realm, I guess that would mean you hack somebody, and then you blame it, like on Chinese or Iranians or something? Oh, you, so you redeflect the, the true identity yeah. of who, who did it. Or you hack, and you say, well, look, we, look, Iran just hacked us. We need to spend money on this. Is that uh, what you say in there? Oh, boy. I wonder if the audience has any a different interpretation, because what I heard was... And conduct false flag operations. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I'm wondering if other people heard that, because to me, it sounded a lot like conduct false flag operations. Conduct false flag <laughs> operations. Yeah. I think I'm just mishearing that. No, that's what, no that's, uh, that's what she said. Words matter. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I thought that was interesting, and also yeah. that they go after state enemies. That doesn't even that they're not even using the word terrorism anymore. They're just saying state enemies. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's scary, Chase. And of course, they're big buddies with the NSA. Oh, of course. Uh, now, before we get into the drone topic today, uh, yeah. I want to just take a moment and uh, thank our awesome, awesome unfiltered supporters. Oh, you guys rock! Now, Mr. Chase, yes, uh, sir. You know we do have a special occasion coming up. We do. There is the uh, the the. Holiday of love and some unfiltered. Wait, fans. wait, there's a holiday of love. Uh, my wife and I, we don't celebrate it. Yeah, I'm trying to talk my wife into that too. <laughs> I don't, well, here, that was one of our conditions of marriage, by the it's way. A good one, because it's, it's a B. It, well, I'm not going to say this, because here's the thing. Because she's listening. Well, no, it's <laughs> okay. some people like to celebrate it, right? It's like a thing yeah, they get to do. And yeah, I don't want to take but that away. But you know, away here's from the them. thing, right? There's anniversaries. There's birthdays. I agree. There's Christmas. And I got like Mother's Day too, you know. There's I, National Groundhog Day. There's all these great days right. that you could celebrate. However, some people choose to celebrate Valentine's Day, including people in the unfiltered audience. Uh -huh. So I have a special. Are you saying give the gift of unfiltered? This is what I'm saying. Okay. And we will give, we will read their love message in next week's unfiltered. So what you can do, you can even address them to Chris or me. This is know? your last minute Valentine's gift, and you know what? You left, but uh, we actually had uh, Phil Wait, do a, lo that. a love letter. To yeah, love we'll get to it here in yeah, a second. But I first, I want to say thank you to Donald M. Uh, Phil, which we're going to read a letter from. And Keith G. Yeah. So Phil wrote in. He said, I just signed up as a JB supporter. What? He chose the You don't have any romantic music to play for this? Um, No, I you have. You really should. I mean, we could play something that should be romantic if you, in a way, like uh, we have a... Is that romantic? No. no? Okay. No. Now, what about the... Uh, no, no, no. The uh, the music when you're un you know, underground. The uh, Oh, oh. The thinking uh, music. Uh, the... Uh, there you go. Okay, that's not very romantic, though. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Here, maybe, uh, well, all right, here we go. Okay, so he writes in, he says, uh, 
I just signed up as a JB supporter. The $10 a month was intended for the unfiltered show. The reason I'm contributing $10 a month is because of your unmentioned and as of yet non-existent Valentine's Day offer. <laughs> Both my girlfriend and I listened to Unfiltered. I hope I'm not breaking any rules by having two names on one payment account. So he got he got a he got a supporter for her and a supporter for him. He got the ten dollar. That's nice. And he wants me to read this to her. So here we go, Chase. Do you want to read? You you should read it to Chase. Oh, yeah. Is this the second paragraph here? Yeah, the one in quotes. Yeah. All right, here we go. I would like to express my love for Judith using the cyber tubes of the internet in the freedom dimension. Now he she he said that she would know what that means. All right, fair enough. Uh, I don't know if I do. Um, but I like it. I like it. Uh, but you know, honestly, we want to say a big thanks to all 347 unfiltered supporters. There's your love music. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get to making babies. That's right. Now remember, uh, you know, there's great perks to being part of the unfiltered supporters club. You know, one thing you do get is you get free and post shows. I like this. You get a free, you get a pre post show. You get to the learn about us. Show. The supporter show. It's got more Ex- clips, extra clips, music. Hijacks like this. This is kind of a tease of that. <laughs> yeah. And off the cuff comments, you can really get a full unfiltered experience. You know, like today's a great example. We're going to get into the drone stuff, and uh, as we dig into that, there's additional clips we play in the supporter show that'll give you a broader understanding of the of what's going on. And we play different sources and different uh, yep. different takes on it. Yep. I mean, we follow up on stories. Sometimes stories live in the supporter show, and then they make their way oh, into the show, yeah. and then they go back into the supporter show. The Sochi Olympics is a good example That's of that. Right. So here's what you can do: if you become an unfiltered supporter, it's five dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. You can find a link in our most recent show notes. Yep. And then all you have to do, click that. You become a supporter. On the, after the next show, you'll get the newsletter. In that newsletter is a download link for the supporter show, the RSS feed, and also BitTorrent Sync, which is my favorite way to distribute all of the oh, source yeah. files for this show, gigs and gigs of all original clips, That's artwork, right. notes, and then, of course, the supporter show has a sync, too. And, and, you, know, and the, you get the newsletter. And the Chris, the thing is here. I love this stuff. The Probably going to get us pulled and, from and, YouTube. And, I know. And by the way, you guys. Just in time for Valentine's Day. If you want to be a part and, and write a nice love letter to Chris or myself, we'll read it. We'll read it next week. This is your opportunity. This is a, this is a bonus we're going to do to try to uh, get the uh, drives up because so, it's it's been leveling off on yeah. the supporters, and we're going to try to we're going to try to goost that a little bit and give you guys a little perk. So if you want to get featured on next week's Unfiltered Show eighty six. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. And uh, we'll read your note. Just and, don't make it too long. It needs to be like by, one sentence. And by the way, if you want it, want me to read it in a radio voice, yeah. I'll do that, or in a sexy and, voice. And you can ask for the sexy music. We'll play the sexy music we'll if you se- want. And the, now the you Mario can, sexy music. And then the next week, you can sit, you can sit your, your honey down and say, here, baby. Hey, baby, this is for you. That's right. That's right. 347 Unfiltered Supporters. Oh, you yeah. guys make this show possible. Thank Literally. You. 347 of you are responsible for thousands of people here I'm going to ring this, uh, this 347 show. times. Here we go. No, I don't think but this is for all of you. There you go, there a you collective go. ding. Yes. Just like a national security letter covers a lot of people. It's well, perfect. And, and the, well, I, unlike the national security letters, we actually will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now I don't have a uh, I don't have a drone update uh, clip anymore. I didn't like our old one. But uh, there is, um, you remember, you remember our, our buddy Glenn Greenwald, right? Oh yeah, Glenn. He's yeah. Dead. You know what's he? Is he got more stuff to share? He does, and he's got his new publication up. Uh, the I think it's called the Intercept, and uh, you can uh, find it over at uh, firstlook.org and uh, slash the Intercept. And their first article was a freaking doozy. This clip will set it up a little bit, and then we'll go into some more detail. Speaking of drones, uh, you and Glenn Greenwald have a piece up on your new venture, the Intercept about the NSA's use of electronic surveillance to get targets for drone strikes. You talked to a former drone operator about the use of a SIM card or a cell phone handset to track a terrorist. Track. What are the issues with that? 
So uh, just to sort of, I don't know what, I don't know what cla- or Clapper, I don't know what Tapper's problem was, but so. <laughs> Clapper Tapper. Um, this, this article that it's, it's titled The NSA Secret Role in the U.S. Assassination Program, which has just ran. It's a co-written by Jeremy Shale and, uh, Glenn Greenwald. And they have two drone operators as their source. And then they've pulled additional content from the Snowden leaks because Glenn, Glenn Greenwald has this huge cache, right? Right. Yeah. So this is a very well sourced piece. And what it essentially says is, the drone targets are determined by the NSA metadata program. Now think about that for a second. Think about what we've been told about the NSA metadata program inside the U.S. border, about how you can't find out who you are, about how it's not that dangerous. Now realize that on the other side of the world, we are literally killing people based on this metadata. Right. I mean, this is effectively uh, what amounts to death by metadata. I mean, we're, we're living in an era of pre-crime where uh, we're using analysis of signals, intercepts uh, of the activity that is uh, is registered on behalf of a SIM card or, or a uh, telephone handset. We don't necessarily have evidence that the individuals holding uh, that SIM card or that uh, mobile phone handset are, in fact, the individuals that we're targeting. And so what is effectively happening is that instead of confirming uh, that Target X is, in fact, this individual that the U.S. is trying to kill, they're effectively killing the cell phones. And this is a system that is rife with error. And I, I really want to underscore, I really, really want you guys to go to the show notes, episode 85, go right to the drone section and click on that first link. It's a very long read. Yeah. It's an incredible read, though. It's really well sourced. Um, and it doesn't use that normal journalism jargon where they, they uh, Orwellian every word and they make it sound uh, like it's something that it's not. It is really, it is really to the point. Uh, and I want to back up. I want, so this is a lot to, this is, this, that clip is really, it's packed. What Shale is saying, based on testimony from, or, uh, I guess testimony, it's not at the court, but it's two sources that are drone operators and the Snowden leaks, is that they get a lock on the SIM card. And based on the location of the SIM card, that's where they send the drone. Now think about that. Think about in a community where maybe a lot of people don't have phones. Think about how much a phone gets passed around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And now we've heard all these stories about drone strikes hitting weddings. Yeah. Well, now now we're starting to think, okay, well, what if these guys figure out they're being tracked? And so they put these cell phones somewhere. So someone else gets whacked because of it. Uh, So to to sort of put this into context, let's back up a little bit. Uh, Let's go to Obama. Uh, this was about like in the first few months of the Unfilter show, he did a hangout, and I grabbed this clip at this time where he says, uh, "Look, you got to understand these drones. They're not killing uh, civilians." I, I want to make sure that people understand. Actually, drones have not caused a huge number of civilian casualties. Uh, they, for the most part, they have been very precise precision strikes against Al Qaeda. Now, and to underscore how poor the administration's track record has been. In fact, it wasn't even until. Um, uh, about two years ago, I can't remember now, that they actually even publicly acknowledged the existence of the drone program. Before, it was like, oh, we, well, maybe we can't. Uh, we can't confirm or deny those Here's facts. Brennan in 2011. Brennan, the architect of the drone program. He was a terrorism advisor to the president at the time. Now he is running um, the CIA, right? Brennan's the head of the CIA? Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is Brennan saying drones not only are amazing, there has been zero collateral civilian death. And one of the things that <laughs> President Obama has been insistent on is that we're exceptionally precise and surgical in terms of addressing the I terrorist like that threat. Word, surgical. And by that Very I mean good. if there are terrorists who terrorists. are within an area where there are women and children or others, you know, we do not take such action that might put those innocent men, women, and children in in danger. In fact, I can say that the types of operations that the U.S. has been involved in, in in the counterterrorism realm, that nearly for the past year, there hasn't been a single collateral death 
because of the exceptional proficiency, precision of the capabilities that we've been able to. Of course, of course. The precision now, we know that's bullcrap, but how much bullcrap is it? According to a Bureau of Investigative Journalism, which counts in the most conservative way possible, there have been at least 273 civilian deaths in Pakistan, Yemen, and Somalia alone. Okay? And according to a recent study by United States military advisors, okay, uh, it turns out that you are 10 times more likely, unmanned vehicles, I should say, are 10 times more likely to cause civilian casualties than conventional aircraft. So, oh, look, oh, these drones, they're so exact, they're so smart. Actually, no, they're 10 times more likely to cause civilian casualties than when we used to just drop bombs out of planes. And in fact, an updated number, and this is from a conservative institute, the Bureau of Investigations, and you can go over to the Bureau of Investigations.com. We'll have also the report linked in the show notes. Uh, they believe that uh, the latest count is 440 civilians have been killed since wow. the drone campaign began. Wow. Yeah, 440. So their their track record on this is is pretty horrible. But as you'd expect, there is a really dark side to when you are tracking by the cell phone. Now, one problem, Bryant explains now, Bryant, remember, is the guy that came out earlier, Brandon Bryant. He's one of the drones. Is that targets are increasingly aware of the NSA's reliance on geolocating and have moved to thwart the tactic. Some have as many as 16 different SIM cards associated with their identity within the high-value target system. Now, look, this is one set of problems. Apparently, one of the things that they do, which I think is really ridiculous on their part, uh, is that they will go to a meeting, okay, the guys who we're trying to track, right, at least those are bad guys, and they'll switch SIM cards with everybody so that it's harder to track them. But then the guy who didn't do much maybe got the SIM card of the guy who was the main high-value target we were looking for. Sad day for him. He's now dead, along with whoever he happened to be with, possibly including his family. This also kind of explains why we've seen reports of top Al-Qaeda official dead, and then he come, he, pro- he crops up again, and he's not actually yeah, dead. Yeah, he's not actually dead, yeah. The other thing that's really kind of dark to think about is, so that's the guys who know they're being tracked, they do SIM card swaps, but the guys who don't know they're being tracked, they're giving their phones to family members, you know. Yeah, they're just, you know, say, hey, Chris, let me borrow your phone real quick. And the other thing is, is uh, you know, if you're, you, when you're, when you're killing a phone, you're killing everybody in that building who's who has yeah, it's, near that it's phone. not like a laser where you're specifically right. picked off. Now the it's dark, a, it's a big wide brush. The dark thing about this is, uh, if you if you if you if you made this equivalent to dropping bombs on a city, obviously this is way less collateral damage in that of sense. Of course, yeah. But you, we're going into countries where we don't have legal authority, where the the decision to kill somebody is being made by the executive branch. Literally, in this article, reiterates Obama is using baseball cards to pick who he kills. They have a picture on the front and vital stats on the back. And here's the other creepy thing about it is after Obama authorizes the killing, they've got like 60 days to pull the trigger. It might be 90. I can't remember. 60 or 90 days. If they don't pull the trigger, they have to get it reauthorized by Obama. Sounds legit, right? But the problem is what that does is that forces their hand so that when they kind of have a pretty firm grasp, they think that might be the guy they want to kill. They got to go for they it. They got to go for it. Otherwise, they got to go back up to Barry. They got to get reauthorized, and that could take a while. So they pull the trigger when they get the chance, even if that means they're not killing the right person. I mean, like, and how do they ever know for sure? You know, the drone operator called it. It's it's a feeding the beast, is what he called it, and that's what I've called it too. And that's what I think this NSA metadata program is too. Is it's feeding the beast, and the problem is eventually that beast is going to get so hungry and so large they have to turn around back on people in the states, 
and they can build an industry off of that. And that's what they're doing. How now. scary is that? It's super creepy. And you know what's what's wow. What really underscores the creepiness is how callous Obama seems to be about the whole thing. President Obama. Now understand one thing: when he ordered his first drone strike in Yemen, it hit a village where they were positive that they had Al Qaeda. His first strike. Turns out. They killed 14 women and 21 children. Here's what President Obama said, apparently, to his staff when talking about these drone strikes. Quote, it turns out I'm really good at killing people. He added, didn't know that was going to be a strong suit of mine. Yeah, neither did we. Yeah, and that's not the first time I've heard that he said that. I've actually seen that from several sources that Obama was quoted as saying that. And I didn't believe it the first time I read it because it seems so goddamn callous. But maybe, but maybe the, the way he justifies it in his head is, you know, I'm keeping America safe. I'm taking out bad guys and terrorists. But he doesn't – do you think either he doesn't realize – It just doesn't square with what 2008 Obama said. Yeah, I know, I know. But not only that, do you think the way he justifies it is in, in his head is like, well, yeah, we're getting the guys because it's being fed to him that – yeah, we're getting that. We got that guy, Mr. President. No, no, don't worry, Mr. President. There's no collateral damage. We're not taking out families. I bet there is some of that. I bet there's like a you know filtering and padding of the information. You know, and if and they also redefine things like you know uh, a military. Anybody that's like above the age of sixteen or not or yeah. in the area Enemy is considered combatant, right? And so if you kill somebody of that age, even if they weren't even related at all to Al Qaeda, they still consider that not to be a civilian casualty. Right. So they can tweak the numbers that way too. So. I think maybe part of it is like what he gets told, <coughs> but I think also, I think the reality is the military industrial complex runs this place, and specifically oh. the intelligence agencies. And I think Obama is. A, money. I yeah. think Obama is a pragmatist. And at the end of the day, because he said this, he's actually said this: "We're killing less people this way than if we were doing conventional warfare." And it's almost like the next thing he would say is, "Look." We gotta, we gotta go. But he's also feeding the industry. I mean, right. you're feeding. We the gotta money. feed this monster. It's almost like that's what he's saying: is we gotta feed this monster, and this is the most humane way I can feel, I can figure to feed the monster because I'm not putting soldiers on the ground. They're sitting in these comfy booths, and it's it is more precise than if I sent in a SEAL team or something like so that. So when pos- do possibly. the machines turn against us, Chris? When when does that happen? When does Terminator uh, I, become reality? It's not an overnight thing. It's already happening. Right. We already we're getting drones. I mean, you heard our opening clip, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, let's talk about like that. That's really going to happen. Yeah, it it's already. I mean, we've already got the monitoring and the metadata program. It's not like they have some specially crafted U.S. version of the metadata program. No, but we're 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 not seeing it in in the scale. Of course, we're not no, seeing no. drones. People. Well, we have four here. Americans killed now, and one yeah. of them was a, so Almer Alaki, his son, sixteen years old, was over there to go find his dad because he missed him. He didn't have any connection to Al-Qaeda, and he wasn't even in the same area. And he was with his cousin who was traveling with him, so that way they could go together. And they were, like, at a at a coffee shop or something, and a drone came and killed them after they'd already killed his and dad. That, and that keeps America safe. And the kid was already gonna was already returning back to the States after they killed his dad. He, he stopped his search for him and decided right. to go home, and then they killed him. He's I 16 years old. Well, he was a 16-year-old boy and, 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 this and an keeps, American citizen. Yeah, and this keeps America safe, right? This this is what we need to have happen. This is this is so you can go to bed at night and feel good about everything. And you know what's crazy is in and the shadow just, of all of this, oh, it has leaked 
that the Obama administration is considering killing another U.S. citizen, the fifth, by drone strike. Life or death debate is unfolding right now at the highest levels of the U.S. government. The issue of possible drone strike on an American citizen tied to al-Qaeda. Let's go to our Pentagon correspondent, Barbara Starr. She's working this story for us. What's the latest on this U.S. targeting of an American who's involved with al-Qaeda overseas, Barbara? Well, Wolf, U.S. intelligence now has this person under surveillance in Pakistan. That's where this American citizen is said to be located. But one of the key questions that we don't know the answer to yet, what is the imminent threat he poses that could lead to a drone strike against him? Is it a threat to the U.S. homeland? Is he a threat to U.S. forces in next door Afghanistan? Is he plotting to attack U.S. forces? And the key question on the table, of course, is what to do about it. Now, um, uh, two unnamed uh, uh, Obama administration officials told the Washington Times, the Obama, oh, I'm sorry, they told the Associated Press, uh, that he's an al-Qaeda facilitator who's been directly responsible for deadly attacks against the U.S. citizens overseas, and he continues to plan attacks against them with improvised explosive devices. Watch it be the toothpaste bomber guy. Oh, God. Uh, now, here's, Watch you know, crest. when I heard this story, do you know what the first thing I thought of? Mm. Damn, it's a hell of a leak. It's extraordinary that this story is leaked by, I think, four American officials. If I were the administration, I were the president, I'd be very concerned that four American officials are talking about this to the press off the record. That's a serious breach of, you know, protecting our national security. If this guy has any brains, he's already figured out who he is. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's hiding somewhere. Yeah. Like, doesn't this seem like a hell of a thing to leak? Like, what? So, and by the way, uh, this is um, the persons who are not identified... Uh, spoke to Barbara Starr, the officials who spoke to Barbara Starr on condition of anonymity because they of the sensitivity of the situation. This is not the first thing that is a major military leak that Barbara Starr has gotten. Now, Barbara Starr has an office at the Pentagon. Yeah, remember, yeah, we've talked about how she's got her little booth. She's mm-hmm. got a little setup there. With, she's, a, with a picture of the Pentagon she's, behind she's her. She's embedded. Whenever she comes in on a CNN show, she's actually doing a remote broadcast, broadcast from, from the freaking Pentagon. Yep. She gets these leaks. These are straight up 100% leaks. This guy now knows that they're out looking for him. He's on the run, so they're not going to be able to catch him as easily. No. Like, this is a damaging leak. Yeah. And also, it's not something that I would think the Obama administration really wants people talking about right now. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they want people talking about this. I don't know. But I am pretty blown away by these leaks that Barbara Starr gets that are apparently just fine. (laughs) These leaks are fine. Edward Snowden? Fuck that guy. But Barbara Starr, let me tell you all the secrets. And, like, literally secrets that impact in-progress military actions, right? Which is blowing my mind. So so how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously— Well, I'm glad we know, but— I'm, Yeah, you're glad you know, and we, we've talked about this on the show. We, we understand that there's a certain degree— The double standard, though, right. is just blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, we understand there's a certain degree that we have to do intelligence. We have to do fact-finding. We have to try to keep uh, our eyes and ears open for the bad guys who want to disrupt and destroy our way well, of life. Well, we do a ton of bad shit around the world. And we we've do. really screwed over a lot of people. We do. People have now grown up for generations hating us. Yeah. So it makes sense there'd be people that want to hurt yeah. us. And, but, but I think, though, there are, there are people who I think they're, they're smart enough to realize that you and I, as Americans, you know, don't necessarily support and understand what our government is doing. Like we know we we don't we're not behind them, but we can't fight them. And I think you know the common people around the world. I think they kind of see that, that they see the government is doing one one thing, right, yeah. and then the normal everyday people yeah. are doing something else. Right? Yeah. Uh, I I I just I don't know. I guess I'm stuck on this whole the whole fact that. It, so here's what I think's going on. Okay. And we played a clip in the supporter show that kind of gives some context to this. Is um, 
there is a war in a sense. It's probably overstating it, but there is a, a conflict going on between the Pentagon and the CIA. And the, over who gets control of the drone program, right? We just right. played the clip yeah, of yeah. that senator who says he th- who gets the game controller, right? And Barbara Starr is at the Pentagon, right? Yeah. And right before the CIA does a drone strike, the representative at the Pentagon gets a gets leaks from top officials the plan, right? And also to the to the Associated Press and to the Washington Post. Now, doesn't it sound like maybe? The Pentagon is trying to derail the CIA's drone program. And by the way, one of the other aspects of moving the drone program to the Pentagon is it would be held more publicly accountable as our other military actions. Now, you could argue to what degree, but like we could actually – people could actually get information out of it and things like that. And so maybe – now this is – I guess – hold on. I should probably fry a little bacon. And, and by the way, this beautiful piece of bacon uh, coming to us from Sylvana, Washington, uh, where they have some great meat out Mm -hmm. there. Like good call, Chase. Good yeah. call. That is some good stuff. Yeah, and you can get it in uh, like the peppered. Yeah, yeah. And you can get bacon infused hamburger. And, oh, oh, that is really good. I know. In fact, that's the only hamburger you should buy. Right? I know. It's I so agree. good. Oh, I have some still in frozen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't maybe the DOD um, or uh, um, um, uh, somebody at the Pentagon trying to derail the CIA, trying to. Force exposure because the whole thing about CIA drone strikes is because they're being conducted by the CIA. They're top secret. Yeah. Um, and so they, people don't know that it's happening. True. And this, people don't really seem to care when we're just shooting uh, sand rats. But when we're shooting American citizens in the sand, all of a sudden that matters a lot. Yeah. Uh, apparently that well, life is sh- worth a lot more. Well, it should because, you know, I mean, why it, should it? Well, no, I mean, like, all people should have, you know, equal rights under it. But what I'm saying is, as far as Americans go, you know, it's right. like, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not saying no, like, I, I know that sounds really it's bad. Like it's somebody, not... we're going after somebody on our team. Right. Yeah. And uh, so the DOD uh, recognizes this, capitalizes on this event yeah. to detract from the CIA's ability to conduct these strikes. And the more they derail it, the more likely it's going to get moved over the panel. This is just my conspiracy bacon, but it seems to fit all the facts. And, the f- and it, also the fact that Barbara Starr is literally like the spokeshole for the Pentagon on the, C- on the CNN payroll, and it's coming from her, oh, seems, it seems likely. Yeah. seems likely. My question on all of this is every time the CIA is doing this, it's coming from the executive branch. I don't understand Obama's authority. The judge is going to weigh in. But when a U.S. Well, citizen yeah. goes abroad to wage war against America and is actively plotting to kill U.S. citizens. And when neither the United States nor our partners are in a position to capture him before he carries out a plot, his citizenship should no more serve as a shield than a sniper shooting down on an innocent crowd should be protected from a SWAT team. There you go. That is the president at one of my alma maters, the University of Notre Dame. Unfortunately, what the president just said there is not the law of the land. It's a set of rules that he himself made up to govern himself, to be ruled upon and administered in secret. If the Congress had said, the president has the authority to kill Americans as long as the following six conditions are met, in my view, that would still violate the Constitution. But at least that would be a law enacted by the Congress. This president has not gone to the Congress. This president has written his own rules to govern himself in private. There's no no basis for that under the Constitution whatsoever. Nor is there a basis for the president to kill an American. On the contrary, the Constitution defines treason as waging war against the United States and guarantees you a trial and requires that the government have two witnesses to the same overt act. There is no crime defined with more specificity than that in the Constitution. And I know that's your opinion. 
And I respect Well, that. that's not my opinion. But, that's what the but, Constitution but, says. It's <laughs> not an opinion. Yeah, it's not an opinion. I know. But he goes on to make the point uh, that's that's Bill Himmer from C- <laughs> Fox. He goes on to make the point that, um, you know, we've already killed four. So obviously that's not their opinion. Yeah. I was going to ask the mumble, but I'm not recording the mumble track. But we'll, we'll get them in the pre show and see what they think about this. But, but what do yeah. you think? Like, where do you fall down? Let's say this, uh, let's say this guy is maybe going to. You know, maybe he's so they say he's going to hurt American citizens overseas. So maybe you know people in Afghanistan. Maybe he's going to go after so, some of our so troops if there. So if they can track this guy and and then they they have a rough idea of where he is, I, I thought we have boots on the ground. We have operatives well, in places. I so thought we we paid like billions of dollars for that kind of situation. The inference why, why, the know. inference is he's in Pakistan, and so we can't go in there and get him because he's in Pakistan. But we can fly over Pakistan right, and get him. Right. Well, because they can't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> because they can't st- st- stop us by air, right? Yeah, well, I, you right. know, the drones are small enough. I'm out on the what? But if we send, they can stop if we send boots on the ground. But they're not going to stop a drone in and out, Chase. Why? Why can't we uh, just get a Blackhawk, right, and just just drop a soldier in there, snatch him, pull him in? We the do chopper. a lot of those. So wh- why don't we do that? I think it depends on where he's at in the location. I mean, we did that with Osama, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, somebody was once quoted saying we do a hundred night raids, a uh, hundred raids a night wow. on, on average. I mean, all I got to say is, you know, I, I I'm not a believer in this uh, drone attack uh, without due process situation. I just because if they can do that to that to these guys overseas, and I understand they could be very very bad guys, but they're still Americans, <coughs> and unless some there's been some sort of you know, of uh, authoritative legal process that they can renounce their citizenship and then renounce their their constitution birthright. It's constitutional birthright. Right. Whether or not whether or not you agree, and believe me, there's a lot of bad motherfuckers out there. Yep. Doesn't matter. It just just because you're bad to the, the the core, it doesn't mean that you lose rights. The core rights. Yeah. In fact, one of the few crimes that the Constitution even I think maybe the only crime I, I might be no that probably can't be true, but the one I know of that the Constitution Constitution speaks to is actually treason. Right. And even in the case of treason, it still says that that person needs to go to court. You have there's still constitutional rights. Well, we essentially, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to make how to say this without sounding like hyperbole. But what we essentially have is a dictator deciding the deaths of people via baseball cards, and then they, the person they decide God, to kill. I hate it when you put it that way because it makes me feel so damn depressed about how I know. Are. And then the worst part is the person they decide to kill is based on that SIM card in somebody's pocket, not on the actual identification of the person. Right. And what happens is, you know, you get uh, innocents that are killed because of a signal that you think that you got the right guy when, in fact, you may not. It's pretty creepy. And you can see how the NSA plays a role in feeding this this military beast the information it needs to continue to churn. Man. Like it's it's giving them it's giving them the, the 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 fuel for their fire in a sense by giving them their next victim. Now this guy uh, the, in this article that I really want everybody to go read that was uh, from from Greenwald, uh, he says that uh, his uh, <clears throat> his JSOC operator account uh, account of this is uh, supported by another insider. So we have two two guys. Uh, uh, the first guy is Brandon Bryant, and the other guy who wished to be unnamed. Uh, but Brandon Bryant, uh, he was willing to come forward and actually put his name on the record. He says he spent six years as what he calls a stick monkey. That's his call. That's oh, his man. term for it. Okay. He says a drone sensor operator who controls the eyes of the U.S. military's un- unmanned aerial vehicles. By the time he left the Air Force in 2011, this is in 2011, Chase, Bryant's squadron, which included a small crew of veteran drone operators, had been credited with killing 1,000 
626 enemies in action. Bryant says that he's come forward because he's tormented by the loss of civilian lives and believes that he and his squadron may have caught the he and his squadron may have caused. Today he is committed to informing the public about the lethal flaws in the US drone program. Seeing this kind of I mean seeing this it's just like people don't know about this or people turn a blind eye to this or it's one of those situations where do you believe, Chris, that killing these 1,626 people or quote-unquote enemies help keep us safe? No, no. it doesn't. No, it, 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 it... I dare anybody, please write into the show and show me that uh, through independent right. fact-finding so, that this helps. And it, it, it doesn't. At, at best, it solves a short-term problem. So if you stop an immediate attack by killing a person, but you also Someone kill... Someone else is just going to pick up the, the well, torch? People, people have speculated and, and demonstrated through some levels of studies that if you kill, if you kill, a, if you kill a group of people that, where you, you, will, you will generate, you will create yeah. more terrorists. Because, I mean, think about if somebody flew into the United States of America and bombed a wedding. Think if, like, China did that to us or Iran did that to us. Dude, we would be at war so fast. If, if somebody flew into our border and bombed a school or bombed a cafe and killed a 16-year-old boy, could you imagine how we would respond to that? Why is it any different? Because we're America, that's what makes it different? That's a scary – that's the most scariest thing you've said in a while. It's pretty creepy. It's very creepy. And Obama's just sitting there doing it all off baseball cards. What the hell? And it's because uh, because it helps keeps his daughters safe. It help keeps America safe, or or is it really to uh, to help show and, and follow the money of these uh, private industry groups, military industrial complex right. to keep those jobs rolling, to keep those things full, flowing very smooth. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so according to the former uh, drone operator who worked at JSOC, which stands for Joint Special Operations Command, where you where the NSA and uh, the other groups intersect. Uh, the agencies identified targets based on the controversial metadata analysis and cell phone tracking technologies. After a drone strike, he would go look at the report that generated the the strike, and he would see on there that the report he'd say he he said something like nine out of ten times the the source was always Sig Int, the signals intelligence from the NSA, and he said that always just meant geolocation of the SIM card. Rather than confirming the target's identity with operatives or informants on the ground, the CIA or the U.S. military then orders a strike based on the activity and location of the mobile phone a person is believed to be using. So the only identification required is the activity of that mobile phone, which seems so damn damn. How is that due process? I mean, some. How is that evidence? How is that evidence? Right, especially when you get to the U.S. citizen part of it. Right, and and I mean, I've already talked about ad nauseum the whole constitutionality of the whole situation, but. Take that out of the equation just for a brief moment. How does that prove anything without a shadow of a doubt that, by the way, I am now going to end you? I'm going to end your life. This article talks about, too, that in the NSA, they're, they, have a, that even they, have a ter- they have an internal slogan that they go by, Sig Int never lies, but it obviously does. I mean, it's pretty clear. 440 civilian deaths from the drone program. I guess I, I, I should never go overseas, right? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that? I mean, how much longer is it any safer here? Well, that's that's the that's the the old magic card right here. I mean, they're they're trying to get us used to the fact that you know, hey, you know, these are these are safe safe things. You know, they're they're not going to harm anything. Right. Uh, they're going to be used for assistance, not for against you. Uh, but you know, you see the the ever slow uh, intrusion into our lives that right. government is trying to make. I mean, like for example, in the state of Oregon, they they're adding. GPS units to vehicles 
uh, because they want to uh, track how people drive and charge them by the mile mm-hmm. for roads instead yeah. of taxes. Yeah. Well, then what's going to happen? Eventually, they're going to start using that data where police uh, agencies will say, hey, well, can we get a search warrant for this uh, data so we can track where well, you go? You know, and, our, you know, where does it end? The where problem is always going to be, well, think of how how much safer our, our law no. enforcement officers will be if we could have a drone. So our opening clip, I think it's, it's only a two-minute clip. I want to play the whole thing for you. Uh, she'll introduce who this guy is, and you'll hear his rationalization why. Why wouldn't we want to strike within the U.S.? But let me just start off with this. First of all, what's, what's your point of view? Should this be something that the U.S. does? By the way, we've done it before. Aaron, we should. That's a capability the United States has, and it should be kept in the discussion as an option to go after folks like this. And individuals, again, the discussion becomes very legal, whether they're a U.S. citizen or not, and where they're located and what their activities are. So you get into the discussion of the levels of detail in terms of intelligence. Mm -hmm. But the short answer is yes. It needs to remain in the discussion as a capability to be used. All right. So the president, in that big speech he made about drones, um, it was kind of a lot of pomp and circumstance and then nothing since. So he said killing an American with a drone strike is un- unconstitutional without due process. Um, but he did justify drone strikes. And let me just ask you, because you've been in the room when decisions are made on whether to strike somebody. Right. And yeah. tell me who's in the room. There's lawyers. So, by the way, she's speaking to Major General James Spider Marks who is a retired U.S. Uh, Army general. Tell me who's in the room. There's lawyers in the room. I mean, how does that qualify as satisfying due process? Well, the, def- the definition of due process has to be provided by a lawyer, but having been involved in discussions on the... Now, the reason why he says the process of the, uh, the definition of due process needs to be decided by a lawyer is because what the Obama administration wants to do is declare that the due process they have constructed in the executive branch that these SIGINT selectors go through and then become baseball cards, this process, and supposedly uh, the lawyers at the Justice Department say, hey, do you want to kill this guy? And the other guy says, yeah, I think it's okay to kill this guy. Let's send it up to Barry. And then it makes it up to Barry. That they have constructed what they call due process. The reason they call it due process is because the Constitution requires it. Now, it's not the due process we all know and love that goes through the judicial system. It's due process that goes through the executive branch. That's why he's dodging that question with, well, let's let the lawyers decide, even though we've defined due process as something for 200 years. I think it's time the lawyers look at that. Well, the the definition of due process has to be provided by a lawyer, but having been involved in discussions on the use of unmanned aerial vehicles, drones, and in terms of their capabilities to strike or not to strike, there's always legal representation in the room and the operational commander at various Uh levels that makes the go-no-go decision. So the lawyers are talking to not only the intel guys, but also the guys that ultimately... That doesn't make it right, just because somebody with with an education doesn't make it right. No, but dude, Chase, the bureaucrats and lawyers got this covered. What are you worried about, bro? Oh, no, that's okay. I mean, yeah, just go blow people up. First I mean, of it's all, all right. First of all, are sorry. you claiming are, – are, I'm getting a little mad right now because I think you might be implying that lawyers are dumber than the founding fathers. I think you might be claiming that – Chase, these are lawyers, okay? The, the founding fathers, that was like a long I'm time sorry, ago. But lawyers They're should dumb. Not, lawyers, lawyers should not be deciding who lives and who dies based upon their legal opinion. You mean that wasn't the dream of the founding fathers? No, they're not court. They are not court. Oh, they are not. You mean, that's not, you mean lawyers talking amongst each other and deciding to kill somebody isn't due process? No. What about the baseball cards? 
not only the intel guys, but also the guys that ultimately give the decision on pulling the trigger. So there yeah. is a legal determination. And, and wrapped around all of this, Aaron, like is bacon. a discussion of collateral damage. That is, who else is potentially right. going to be damaged or hurt as a result of this discussion? Well, or there's, this also, there's also the fact, and I've, I, you know, people have, have laughed at, at, at this point, but to me it's very important. And that is, if you're going to have a conversation about whether it's okay to kill an American who happens to be overseas, who's plotting attacks against America, America. Suppose that person was sitting in Des Moines or in Washington, D.C. All of a sudden people go, oh, well, that would be ridiculous. We would never do it. Intellectually, it's the same person plotting the same thing. If we would kill them with a drone overseas, it would only be intellectually consistent to be willing to do it on American soil. My answer to that is why not? You're exactly correct. In fact, go back to 1996 with Timothy McVeigh. Now, listen to this reasoning, right? Because this I think this is a slippery ass slope. You're exactly correct. In fact, go back to 1996 with Timothy McVeigh and the Murrah building in Oklahoma City and the great tragedy that occurred in that. Here's let's let's assume for a second that drone technology existed. It did not in sufficient precision and detail back then. But let's assume intelligence was known about McVeigh. His you is a rental truck was in route the Murrah building. We knew and positively identified that he was in the vehicle. It was ready to explode, and it was moving in the direction of the Murrah building. Why wouldn't we have used a drone to go after that thing instead of putting a bunch of law enforcement folks at risk to stop that building? Because I mean, to you stop don't that, instantly uh, kill somebody. You put they, It's called due process, motherfucker. Seriously. <laughs> this guy is Do you understand great, how our legal system has been founded and how it's supposed to be working don't, here? Don't you just love... Uh, Douchebag. General James Spider-Mark. Look at that guy. Look at him. There he is. Look at him. Just, I have the video version of this in the supporters sync if you guys want to watch this. And uh, I, I, this guy is just really a winner, isn't he? Just look at him. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously? So it's like you're guilty because we say you're guilty because, you know, hey, we've done all the, uh, you know, Chris, we, you know, we, you know, you know Chris, we, uh, 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 all we've done here is we've taken all the data. Okay. All the beta data. Yeah. And we put it all together. Yeah. And we put it in the computer. And now we and, know who wants to harm us. And the computer tells us that you are the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, so this, you know, Sigan doesn't lie, Chase. And I talked to all the, all the other lawyers and they said, yeah, you're that a bad seems guy. That's like a good idea. Yeah. You're a bad it, guy. You want to kill him? I want to kill him. You're a bad kill guy. Let's so what we should do? He's a bad guy. We should kill bad guy. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and watch this from my house. Watch this little play with a little missile. <laughs> and I'm going to watch it from my house and I'm going to blow you up because, you know, I, Keep it everybody okay. safe. It's okay. Keep it everybody it's safe. safe. I like Come that. Come on. Yeah, and you know, I, the, there is actually a positive side to all of this, and that is um, you got to understand that how far this dialogue has come in the this last is two years. so, like, Orwellian. Orwellian, but not only that, but, like, if someone said this to me, you know, 10 years ago, I'm like, you know, no screw way. it up. Your, no, no way. Shut up. The, thing, the fact of the matter is, is this has been going on for a while now, but the thing is, is... Until just recently, they were denying the existence of the drone program. And I think this is a perfect represent representation of how the Internet has facilitated the immediate transformation of information. Stuff that used to take a decade to come out now takes two years to come out. And it spreads very close, very quick. People like us, you know, talk about it. We disseminate but is, it further. But does, does this go back, though, honestly, Chris, to, uh, to the uh, philosophy how we have become as human beings where – and as a culture where we want things to be instantly gratifying, mm. we want things to be delivered quickly, you know, right. uh, be, before, you know, to have pizza at your house in 30 minutes or less. I, I think do, you, do you lend itself to I that I think a it's bit? more about creating a low-cost, sustainable business model for the military-industrial complex because um, drone operators are out of harm's way, so you don't have mom and dad's kids getting killed 
pushing against the military-industrial complex. Um, it's cheap, way cheaper yeah, than. But, but there, but you're also missing the whole point of due process. People don't well, that like. Doesn't matter to them. Yeah, but people don't like due process because it takes a long time. That wouldn't doesn't it, matter to them. Wouldn't it be great to have maybe a judge that goes around on the on the world on a motorcycle, <laughs> and and he goes around and he, and 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 he goes and he finds you uh, guilty or innocent based upon what he saw right, right then and there, right. and and he asks you, uh, Chris, how do you plead? Uh, innocent, Chase. Wrong, innocent. wrong. I find you guilty. Summary right. execution. Boom. Boom. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's Judge Red. That's that's the movie. Yeah. That's not real. That's, that's not. That's, that's Hollywood. not real. It it it's um. I I think it's about creating a sustainable product. In a, slippery slope. In a uh, during the uh, during a time of peace dividends. Uh, where you know the public uh, public opinion is against additional military spending, it's about still being able to deliver that, and it allows them to create entire industries around drone creation, around the NSA to supply that information. You can train pilots; they give them all of the military awards and medals that uh, regular, you know, military soldiers would get if they were on the ground. I mean, this guy was awarded for killing a thousand sixteen hundred people. He got he got special accommodations for that for doing it via the drone, uh, and, and I think. You, I think you, it's all about, it's all about making that sustainable product. Do, do you think Obama, while he's while he's looking at those baseball cards, you know, he's he's looking at and he's got them. Actually, he he doesn't have them in outside the pack. He's, he's like he's like this guy's great. This well, he's guy's got good. Him in, he's got him in the uh, he's got him in the collect uh, you know thing. But you know, I think Grad Rock's like you know what if you know I am the law you know and like this he's, guy's he's, a jackass. Yeah. He's a jackass. <laughs> yeah, you, I am the law. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, takes a criminal to catch a criminal. I don't. Th- well, that's there is a little. Actually, that's uh, that's a different movie. There's that's a little a, truth that's, in that's, that. That's, that's Demo Man. Now, oh, the unfiltered subreddit was the place to be this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff. That uh, yeah. that new uh, uh, write up by a Greenwald and uh, Shale is or Scahill is up on the uh, subreddit. If you guys want to check that out, totally. Where would they find that, Chase? Well, they can head over to unfiltered.reddit.com. That is the place to go if you want to. Help us curate news and topics for the Unfiltered Show. You know, one of the cool things is this is where you can actually jump in the conversation, upvote stories, downvote stories, and let us know what's going on. How are we doing on those subs? Because you made a prediction last. I don't. I don't think I made it. No. What's the? What was the prediction? One thousand one hundred and thirty-three. You know what? You know what? You know what sucks is, you know, one of these days I'm just not going to make it. (laughs) But I made it. Nice. (laughs) Nice. What are we at? What are we at? 1,143 awesome readers. Wow, of the that's great. That's great. Yeah, I know. You know, I beat it by 10. This is a great way to support the show because we look at that stuff. You can help that with mixing the show. You can give your if insights. If you can't afford, you can submit. If you can't afford five bucks a month, just jump on the Reddit. All it's right. free. What do you want to make your prediction for next week? Well, I'm going to go with 1,000. I like, you know, even round numbers. 1,150. All right. 1150. That's only an average <laughs> of one per day. Man, so I hope I have my voice go back. Go to next unfiltered.reddit.com. Now, Chris, during the course of the week, you tweet in 140 characters or less. Sometimes That's true. You, get, you know, sometimes you like to sh- show us what's on your mind. Where do people go? Twitter.com slash Chris LES. It's a great way to get a hold of me because I check that more than email. So fair, what about you? Fair enough. Well, Are you yeah, on the Twitter? I'm on the Twitter, so I've been on there for a while. Oh. N-U-N-E-S. Nice. I give people three more characters. Yeah, that's nice. You're so nice. I'm a nice guy. I should have got at Chris. I think I'm, you know, was... You could have? Earlier oh, on, but I I wish know. I got at Chase, I, I, but some guy... Some photographer, Twitter for too Some long. photographer named Chase sure. Jarvis. <laughs> Who's that guy? You could also check Chase out 
on his podcast network over at geekgamer.tv. And don't forget to join us live. Go over to jblive.tv. We're live on a Wednesday over at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's usually when we get started, you can go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that in your local time zone. And if you're on Filter Supporter, go check your inbox. We have a mega supporter show. It's clocking in at almost two hours right now. Speaking of supporters, you do have one week to become a supporter. Send us your love messages to Chris or myself, and we'll read them on the show next week. Absolutely, buddy. Speaking of next week, everybody, be sure you join us, and we'll see you right back here next next week. week.